0: Welcome to the Caller Anti Podcast. My name is Grace, joined by my co-host. Kozan, And we are so glad that you're here with us. We're just your northern girls trying to live our best life. We're here to help you through those dreadful morning commutes, or if you're just wanting to hear Koi out, of things you may be experiencing, because both Koi and I have been there. We don't really know what we're doing in
1: life, but we're hoping to figure it out with you along the way. <laughs> yeah. So listen, your podcast aunties love ya. Welcome back to the Call Her Andy podcast. This month, we're honoring our relatives who come from two resilient lineages. And today on the podcast, we have one of my friends, but friends in the indigenous sense where I know his mom, therefore, we're friends. And now he's your friend, too, technically. So please welcome our new friend, Justin Holness.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so more background on Justin Jacota Holness. He is a 2019 Indigenous Music Award nominee for Best Rap Hip Hop Album of the Year for Woke. His song Woke also hit number one on the Indigenous Music Countdown for August 3rd to 9th, 2019. He made history for being the first Native hip hop artist to drop a verse in the Senate 2016.
1: Justin is also an award-winning entrepreneur, receiving the 2018 CBC Trailblazer Award for Tribe Music. He is an award-winning youth worker, receiving the Youth Community Service Award from the Committee of Youth Officers, Ontario, while working at the the Wabano Center for Aboriginal Health as an Indigenous Youth Diversion Coordinator. His life purpose is to help young people to find their genius and manifest their dreams through art, music, fashion, and entrepreneurship, something we're totally all about. His music is inspired by the mission to achieve self-determination. So, Justin, what else can you tell us about yourself?
2: (laughs) I'm a son. I'm a brother. (laughs) I'm a nephew. I'm a human being. That's all. Those are just accolades. I appreciate you reading that. But, uh, you know, I'm really thankful to be on the podcast. I'm thankful to make friends with you both. I think that the work that you're both doing to create this space and this environment, um, to share this knowledge and experience with your audience is so needed. Um, a lot of the stuff that I've been talking about recently has been about the resurgence era. And I think what that means for me is really... Our Indigenous people thriving, rising, and becoming stronger than ever. Our voices are rising up. So to hear you on your podcast, doing the work that you're doing, uh, both as aunties, I think is amazing. You're part of that resurgence era. And 2021, I strongly feel, is about the rematriation. So I think that's the era that we're really stepping into right now, where women are stepping into their power. And it's a beautiful thing to witness. So I would just like to add that piece to it.
0: Oh, thank you. Honestly, when we were reading your introduction out, I couldn't help but think like if Quay and I had to design like the perfect person that like had all our friendship qualities, you would probably be it. Like every, like, it's very impressive, like what you're doing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's like, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And all the music you're, you know, you're, you're that trailblazer and you won that for award. Sure. So like, thank you so much for inspiring our youth. And we're so happy to get to know you more on this podcast. And like quay said, she met your mom. Cause I think,
1: explain that again, quay Okay. So in 2016, so I'll give you a background to how I got there. Um, in 2016, my mother passed away and she wanted me to take a program at Post at Carleton called Indigenous Public Policy, specializing in Indigenous Policy and, and Administration. So I went there I did the summer um, intensive the summer intensive class work and I met your mom and she was like the the she was a total auntie to me in all the classes, even online when like after we got out of the intensive month um, and went our own separate ways all the time like in our coursework online. She was like great point Quay. Let me know when you're in Ottawa next and we'll go for coffee. Good good job thinking that way. Way to go. <laughs> so she totally anteed me and was like, oh, I have a son. He's out west or I think you were out west some, for some reason at the time. And we ran into each other again at the Inspire Awards. Right. And I was like, all right, that's her son. I got to go say hi. Like, that's so rude. I was like, that's so rude if I don't go say hi and send her a photo because she was always so nice and lovely to me. And then, yeah, I ran up to him. I was like, hey, can I take a photo of you? And then <laughs> I sent it to his mom. And ever since then, um, uh, we've been friends.
2: Oh, good vibes. Good vibes. My mom is such a, a beautiful, kind-hearted person. And I think that my mom is actually one of my my biggest role models because um, I know her story quite closely, And everything that she has done to change the outcome of her family, like my sister and myself, um, I just can't help but want to do my best to honor that journey. So I appreciate you sharing that creation story of how y'all met and how we kind of crossed paths. I think that's super cool.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So let's get into the questions because um, Quay. had that relationship with your mom with being in class and that's how you met met you and I don't know you too well but I'm looking forward to learning more about you along with our listeners so where did you grow up and what was it like
2: it's a big question um so I grew up in Winnipeg Manitoba Winterpeg Manitoba where the winters are cold the mosquitoes are huge um treaty one territory And how a Jamaican and an indigenous person ended up in Winnipeg, still we ask ourselves that question all the time. But to put it into perspective, I'll even go as far as letting you know how my parents met, because I think it's an amazing little story.
1: Oh, yeah, we totally want to here. So my mom moved
2: off of the res um, to avoid um, or to change her her life environment because of all the things that she was experiencing as, as a human being. So she moved off of the res to make a better life for herself. Um, so she moved to Regina uh, to finish her high school and to, to look for some employment after she was completed. My father moved from Kingston, Jamaica to Regina in 1975 just for better job opportunities. So my mom ends up um, going to this, like, social event. Feeling good. You know, she's young. She's happening. Was it a club? What's that?
1: (laughs) Was it a club? It was in a club.
2: Like, this is what's interesting about prairies and, like, Winnipeg is that we call, like, certain gatherings socials. Right, yeah. like it was like a social. I think, I think it was a wedding party. Don't quote me for it, but they were at this this social, right? They go to the social. And my mom goes up and uh, requests a song, right? She wanted to request a song and spilled her drink all over the DJ tables and stuff. And that was my dad DJing at the event. So that's how they met. That is how they met, and she broke
1: his equipment.
2: So, <laughs> spilled her drink, you know, like that's how they met for real. And that is so cute. They, oh, it's cute. So um so they met in Regina. They moved to Winnipeg. My dad got uh, a, a job opportunity. My mom went there. She was able to get a job opportunity. Um, I was born. I'm the first child. My dad has a, a son from his previous marriage. So I have an older brother. Um, I have a younger sister, uh, kelsey Kelsey Holness, and uh, she's a she's a beautiful woman herself. She's doing amazing work. But I grew up in Winnipeg. So my father's from Kingston, Jamaica. That's why I don't have any hair and where I get my melanin from. And then my mother is from Ocean Man, First Nation in Saskatchewan. So for me growing up, um, honestly, it's where I'm, I'm realizing where my privilege comes from. I think everybody has their own privilege and I'm really learning about where my privilege resides in my life. And my privilege comes from being brought up in a healthy home environment. Uh, both my parents loved me dearly. We we all are all really close with each other. I still have very close relationships with my mother and my father. And, and I mean this with kindness, with love and sensitivity, but that's not always the case for everybody. They don't always have both parents in the household. So that's me recognizing my privilege. So I was raised in a healthy home environment. Um, they taught me all about the importance of family. And one day, I came across this scenario where my parents were getting a divorce, and if you can imagine, this young, you know, this young guy—I was 16, 17 at the time when the news hit. But I was being raised in an environment where family is so important, and so for that to be broken, I was mad at my parents, and I was confused about what's real. So I moved out. I moved out on my own at 17, 18 years old. And where I moved was in the hood of Winnipeg. If you ever been to Winnipeg, when we say hood, like it's the hood. I literally lived on Broadway between Young Street and Spence. Those neighborhoods had two gangs that were rivalry gangs. B-side, which is a native gang, Mad Cow, which is an African gang. I'm black and indigenous. I lived in the middle. I ended up going to school. I ended up changing schools multiple times. I was fairly rebellious. I didn't give a shit about school. Um, my mind was on other things, trying to trying to find my identity, trying to fit in with, with the crowds. And I ended up getting involved in street life. Um, and so I got kicked out of school a couple times. Um, I had to change schools just because my mom was trying to do everything she could to like take care of me or make sure that I was doing something positive. And I was just so rebellious, like she couldn't really, there's only so much she could do. Long story short, I ended up going to um, the University of Winnipeg Collegiate. And that was literally like across, it was one block from from Broadway. So I would walk to and from school. So I would walk to and from school. This dude, I did not dress dapper as the way I'm dressing today or the way I dress nowadays. I was do rag, hat on tilt, baggy jeans, hoodies, trying to paint a picture for you. Plus, I was involved in street life. So when I'm walking to and from school, I have multiple encounters of both gangs trying to like, you know, figure out what side of the block we're on. And the reality is, is I wasn't on either side. So I'm really just trying to give you a picture of how I was brought up. Right. And uh, there was a moment where to just make a long story short, there was a moment where I was probably at my lowest point in my life Um, under the influence and being involved in things that I'm not proud of, but it did kind of shape a perspective to be for me to be the man that I am today. And I got this phone call from my brother. I'm at my lowest point and my brother calls and he's like, Justin, you're going to be an uncle. I was like, dang, what? I felt too young to be an uncle. And so when he told me that, that was a moment that I really, for the first time, self-reflected about who am I as a human being for my niece and my nephew to look up to. And that really started to change my perspective. So I started to to really dig deep, like, "Well, well, who am I? And that question, who am I? uh really started to shape the rest of my life. Um so I started by saying, well, first of all, I'm a son, you know, my I have a mom and I have a father. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I have a sister. Now I'm an uncle. Right? Oh, I'm a nephew. I started kind of painting this picture of like who I am as a human being. And uh my mother put me through a becoming a man ceremony. And so I got my spirit name. My spirit name's Owechegisa, which means the one who helps, but I also need to ask for help when in need. And I got that tattooed in my arm. And so when I started understanding the, the purpose of what that name means and started really diving deep into the culture, I started getting involved in the University of Winnipeg Indigenous Resource Center. Here's a crazy story. If we got time, I can indulge you in this story.
0: Yeah, no, this is like, this is story time. I'm into it.
2: It's crazy for me to share this stuff, but um, so I started to try and be a better human being. So I really wanted to take school a lot more serious. I graduated high school two years late. I enrolled into the University of Winnipeg and um, I started getting involved in the Indigenous Resource Center. I have never run for any type of position before and I ran for president, right? And it was against this other guy who's been involved for a long time very good reputation, knows his stuff. And I'm just the new guy around trying to, you know, fit in. And I was literally one vote away from winning that presidency, one vote. And guess what, Justin didn't even vote for himself. So if I would have voted for myself, we could have tied the game. (laughs) Lesson learned, lesson learned.
1: Yeah, have your own back. That's the first lesson.
2: (laughs) For real. Um, so yeah, that started to kind of shape my, my education career. What's, what's fascinating about my life journey, you know, when you were, just to kind of add an anecdote here in, in the intro, um, you know, we were just reflecting on it. I personally, because I'm so connected to our culture, I personally have a hard time taking credibility for those things because I personally only feel like I'm just doing what the creator wants me to do. I'm just walking the path that the creator wants me to walk. And that's just happens to be the result sometimes. And so for me, all those things started to line up. I worked for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada in 2000 and I think it was uh, nine uh, for their first national event in Winnipeg at the Forks. And I mean, that was a a pivotal moment. I got so many stories that I can share, but I think my upbringing, um, you know, I identify my privilege. I came from a a healthy home environment where both my parents uh, show a lot of love, uh, supported me along the way. I moved out young, so I really had to fend for myself, figure out how to pay my own bills. That's why, you know, I think I have that grind. I have that grit and I love the hustle. Um, and you know, culture really helped pick me up. Music has always been a facet for me to kind of um, you know, release or, or share my, my perspectives or just a place to vent. Music's always been a big part of my family. My brother was a DJ, my dad was a DJ, my dad was in a band. I got musical instruments surrounded in the house when I used to live there. So yeah, my upbringing I think is, is an interesting story. But uh, it got me where I'm here today. And I really have to pay homage to my parents, pay homage to the culture. And that's why I'm so dedicated to our indigeneity because I really feel that it saved my life.
0: Thank you for sharing that, Justin. Um, Mm -hmm. I had these questions pop up as you were talking, but you ended up answering them. Um, I (laughs) I think a lot of, you know, like I look back like my, my upbringing, um, I was raised by a single mom, but my brother went through the same situation as you, where my parents were together, but he was at that critical age when they're just like in their teenage years. Right. And then you get that anger. And I think he went through a lot of the same, um, situations that you have like that kind of going, um, down that path. And I was wondering, I'm like, cause like knowing you now, like you've, you've overcame that and you're doing so well. And I'm in my head, I'm like, how did, like, what clicked? And it was getting that call from your brother, right? About you being an uncle. And that's so, you know, you know just to, if there are any like males or like our listeners, it's just so inspiring to hear someone like go through things like that. And Um, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing and we're all so like so many of us are like you're Jamaican and indigenous and I'm indigenous and European like we're all living in these like two different worlds sometimes and a lot of it is like we we're we are figuring out who we are along the way and it's yeah so thank you so much
2: respect I appreciate that just to add to what you're saying we're all figuring out who we are so is the universe the universe is constantly learning itself. Mm-hmm. I think we are a reflection of the universe. So that's an ongoing journey. Um, and that was one of the teachings my mom always taught me is that, you know, you're going to spend the rest of your life being the best version of yourself. That's, that's the best path that you can take. Um, so shout out to Cleo Big Eagle once again. <laughs>
1: yeah. I want to say...
0: Oh, sorry, Grace. Go ahead. Yeah. It's just one thing. I remember last year, a friend told me, um, and it kind of goes to like figuring yourself out, but like we're all on this journey and healing. If it's like healing herself, like, you know, I've gone through like my parents being divorced and I was so young when it happened that I, I wasn't too affected by it. But just recently my mom sent me these USBs. She got all of our family videos onto usbs that run vhs and it was they're so beautiful but i look back and like i went through a phase where i was super angry too i'm like why was this and then looking at these videos recently i'm like it was so beautiful it was a perfect family and there's me being a baby and i'm like how how could anyone do like break up that you know and in my case like there was drugs and alcohol involved and there's, you know, which is a common occurrence for our family, um, our indigenous families. So, um, so yeah, I heard, you know, healing isn't a destination. It's a journey. So we're all like, like you said, we're all just figuring ourselves out along the way and it's, you know,
1: exactly that. So Koei, what were you going to say? I wanted to say miigwech o wagiya for sharing that, how, how you got your name and how it came later in life, because I was really lucky enough to, to come from a privileged home of two families who were really strong in their culture. So I had my name all my life, but like a lot of our other youth and even our young people and adults, they don't have their name and they're like kind of ashamed of it. But I want to say like, you got it later in life. It's okay to get it later in life. It's, but it's really that like, because what i was had taken from it was when you're like some of our youth are like lost and confused but they don't know that like they still have a responsibility like as an uncle or like as a nephew or as something you're still you have a responsibility and a purpose here and i think like that's so important to share and i'm so glad you shared that with us too and like how you got your name i love that so miigwetch for that
2: i love that can i respond a little bit to that I think uh, one of the important things that I've realized lately, um, without name dropping, just due to confidentiality, you know, there's, there's a lot of young people out there dealing with, with suicidal thoughts. There's a lot of young people who are in broken home environments, group homes, uh, adopted. Um, they've never been raised by their biological family. And those young people, they feel lost the most. And one of the teachings I've received recently is that just as a friendly reminder, our Mother Earth is our home. If you're wondering where are you from, you are from Mother Earth. If you're Mm -hmm. wondering who are your relatives, who are your family, the water is your family. The trees is your family, the animals are your family. And so you're never really alone. And so I think I have to also pay homage to the culture for all of the teachings because our culture reminds us of our relationship to the land and the land is so vital for our survival Mm -hmm. and so talking about feeling ashamed i think that's what's that's that's a intergenerational impact of residential school they literally removed the pride of being who we are And so that's what I feel a big part of my mission is, is to re-instill a sense of pride in who we are as Indigenous people and just remembering your relationship to the land, remembering the moon's your relative, the sun's your relative, the earth is your mother. It can give you some sense of peace in a way to kind of continue on your journey. So just something to reflect on, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. It's so true. Um, I've been going for a lot of walks with my my son, cause it's kind of the only thing to do. Um, but during the weeks he's got online school and it's, it's a lot, like it's a lot of meltdowns, freakouts to go in and out because they're only little sessions. And so yesterday we went for a long walk and it's like, I've been having like anxiety lately. And then even just like the conversations we have, like oh, look at like all the, all the ducks in the water. Like we saw all these geese, like probably a hundred of them land, like fly over us and land into the water. And it's crazy. Like I like, I was so calm and relaxed, like kind of being in my home or being on my phone, even though that's a distraction, I still get all worked up in my head, but then just being out by the water or out on a trail or anything, like it's so great. So I I've been taking like the afternoons um, and not putting my son in, in the classes because I'm like, he's, you know, it gets dark so quick. And when are we going to get outside? And this is like the best type of learning. And it's probably good for him to just like take that break. So I totally agree. We told, we definitely talk about, um, how it's so healing to just get out and get Mm -hmm. walking and we, we bring that up a lot. So thanks for, thanks for sharing that also.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So also on this podcast, we talk about like love and relationships. So we want to know something that like you've learned about relationships, but first as aunties in our role, we want to know for our listeners, are your DMS open?
2: Yo, that's so hilarious. I would say (laughs) my DMs, my DMs are definitely open for not just the aunties, okay? My DMs is open for our young people as well. Yo, they're open for our youth. They're open (laughs) for anybody who is looking for somebody to talk to at times. Um, I have to give a lot of gratitude for any of the fans or supporters out there that, you know, share my music, vote for these awards, nominate me for these awards. So I definitely try my best to be as approachable as possible. And if there's, there is an auntie out there who, you know, is looking for a commitment. I mean, I'm so busy in my life right now. It's really hard to settle down. So eventually I'm hoping to find somebody that I can really build a family with. Cause I am a family man. So that's my response to that.
1: <laughs> okay. And as it's February ladies, if you want to swoop in for Valentine's book <laughs> now, also he's looking for friends. It sounds like so. if you want to go skating, like this guy is open and available, <laughs> but what, What about, what have you learned or what's a lesson that you want to share with us that you've learned about relationships? Oh,
2: honestly, so many. You're catching me at a time where relationships is something that I'm really investing into right now. But one of the first things I've learned about relationships is something called the five love languages. Gary. Oh, yeah. Five love languages.
1: I know about those. I I know mine.
2: Yeah, you know yours? What's (laughs) yours? (laughs)
1: Okay, wait. Can you guys guess? Try to guess mine Grace, Okay. you're gonna get it. Yours is gift giving.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. Wait, is there and, more? Yeah, I have two. I have two that are really good. Actually, okay, really now just really like, I, I know kind of Yeah. Way. So what's the next one?
2: Um words of affirmation.
1: Oh, that's my third, but I'll tell you it's physical touch. I wouldn't I'll, that's yeah, enough. you wouldn't have known that. That's okay. <laughs> 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 Mine is <laughs> about how you. Oh yeah, they're the same. Yeah, <laughs> me and Grace are like hugging each other all the time and high fiving, okay. like "good job, friend." <laughs> okay. We're always working side by side. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, I did see a post you made where you're like cozy underneath the staircase somewhere.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Pre-comed disclaimer Pre-tombed times. Okay. Grace, what tell you tell us? three no, what said she, she said the same thing oh same thing cool
0: that's what yeah wait uh, wait no 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 I'm oh. I think I'm just gift giving and I think I am words of affirmation like I'm wait no like I do with certain <laughs> people I don't know I it's true with certain people definitely okay, definitely like gift giving and it's not like I just like the thought like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you're coming home with like a flower. You, or I don't know, say we're out on a walk and they pick me up like a flower off the ground. Like I'd totally be like, Oh my God, you thought of me. Like that's that's that. That makes
2: sense. So let me break this down for our listeners. So there's five love languages. There's words of affirmation, quality, time, gifts, physical touch and acts of service. Now, the interesting thing about those five love languages is that everybody communicates a primary love language.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. To give you a real life example of how love languages work, when my parents divorced, I was talking to a friend and they recommended me to read this book, The Five Love Languages. I read this book and it was clear what my parents love languages. My dad is acts of service. So he'll go out of his way to cook clean. He was, he was uh, building the basement. Um, He would be a coach. He would take me to practice. He would fix things like my dad was acts of service. Um, My mother on the other hand is a loving, caring human being. I mean, quite you experienced this. She's constantly sharing words of affirmation, right? So she's words of affirmation and she actually tied with physical touch so she likes the hugs the kisses whatever right so the thing is my dad um his upbringing is completely different where his mother didn't do a lot of those things so acts of service is his way of showing his love and so he won't necessarily say he loves you he won't necessarily hug you you know hold hands whatever cuddle you up but he will go out of his way to help you out and Mm -hmm. so the The challenge here, the reason I'm giving you this as a real example, is that the challenge is that because each person has a primary love language, what ends up happening is they communicate their primary to that partner. And if their partner is not that, that love language, their love tank, quote unquote, what Gary Chapman calls it, remains empty. So you have to be mindful and have enough awareness to identify, okay, this is my love language, but what's my partner's love language and make sure that you're communicating your partner's love language. My parents divorced because they did not communicate their love language and their lives just went separate ways. And at times things can get really detrimental and, it, and really unhealthy. So. Being able to know love languages changed my whole insight and perspective on relationships, how to navigate them, how they work, why they may not work, why you might get in an argument. Mm -hmm. How can you feel fussy? Why are you frustrated? Yeah. It's a moment to self-reflect. Be like, have I communicated my partner's love language in the last little while? So that's the first one. That's the first thing that I really learned that was like life changing for me.
0: So for aunties, what is your love language? My love
2: language is quality time.
1: Oh!
2: We don't need to say nothing. We need to be together in the same space. And I think that's why I'm like, I'm a hopeless romantic. Like I really like romance. I like to take you out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all the chivalry things. I'm gonna open the door. I'm gonna romance you. I'm gonna make you blush because I want you to know that you have my undivided attention. Because I'm really yeah. just showing my love language to you the most. Yeah. This
1: is really good. This is really good. So any of the aunties or nieces out there that are trying to slide into your DMs, just hang out all the time. Sleep. shop up, real quick. <laughs> right the first night start spending quality time and that's how that's how you're going to make it work with him that's good you,
2: medicine. that's good medicine
1: would you guys ever do like um like the
0: horoscopes with like past relationships okay maybe yes but justin have you ever done into, like horoscopes I'm
2: in, yeah i'm into it and i believe it for the science so I really strongly believe that the planets, for example, the sun and the moon is at perfect distance for all life to exist on Mother Earth. That is a fact. If the moon was a little bit further, we would burn up because the sun is too close. If Mm -hmm. the sun is too far, we would freeze up. So I think that depending when you were born and where you were born, the way that the planets are aligned, they Mm -hmm. definitely influence your character. That nature factor. So I do think that horoscopes play a role if they're accurate when it comes to relationships. So definitely that's part of the conversations when it gets a little bit more serious, maybe not right off the bat, but when (laughs) it unfolds where we get there, we, we have that conversation.
0: I have a funny story. So, um, in a past relationship, I looked up my horoscope compatibility with the, with my, ex-boyfriend and I always get mixed up with Libra and Virgo like for what I am. So I'm the end of September, so I looked up so I'm a Libra, but I looked up Virgo and then whatever his his sign was and it was like, "Oh yeah, like the girl is definitely creative." And I'm like, "I'm not that creative." So I was like <laughs> Okay, yeah. Oh, I can be creative. And then it was saying like, we were super good together. And then probably like a couple hours went by and I'm like, wait, but I'm not a Virgo. And I looked up like his name, like Libra and then his sign. And it was like, we were not a match. wow.
1: Dang. When I think I have a story too. When I think of love languages, now I think back to all my ex partners and they were all quality time. But in my mind the whole time, the whole relationships, I was like, Can you leave me the fuck alone and just buy me a little gift? Buy me a French fry one time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that's how our tanks, we weren't filling each other's tanks. Facts.
2: Facts. And mm-hmm. I think I think quality time, there's like it's hard because you spend time together so regardless it's good like i'm cool we yeah we may not be necessarily in balance but we hanging out so in a way i'm good but i think there's there's relationships take work they really do and that work yeah actually that's a wrong word to use because it shouldn't be work it should be desire I desire to make my partner happy. It shouldn't necessarily feel like work. It's like, I love my partner and I want to make sure she's happy. So I'm going to do what's necessary so that we can maintain balance, you know?
0: Me me and Koi agreed like a bit too hard on, yeah, it takes a lot of work. (laughs) Like, Oh oh yeah, so much work.
2: Hey,
0: they shouldn't feel like
2: work though. They really shouldn't. (laughs)
1: Too much work, but it's true about you want the desire to make them happy and fill their tank, their love tank. Yeah,
2: and I think the other one is a little bit taboo, and it might be it might be inappropriate to talk here. To be honest, um, Tell and us. It really has to do with, with men. And this is this is interesting, and I I want to normalize this conversation because it has changed my life. So I'm preparing you, and I'm preparing your audience that this, this is going to be extra. Oh, okay oh dear i'm gonna try and be as uh as like respectful as possible here okay just in the words that i'm using okay so i believe that we are creation and creation is you those are two of the same thing right you are made up of the universe we are part of creation Mm. gave us that gift we are nature, nature is you. We're not separate to that. We are, we are from nature, we are part of nature, we depend on it, we, we need to coexist. So that's a little context. So for men, we carry what I call our, our life force. And that life force is what helps make babies. So let's call it life force instead of calling it something else. So that okay. we're doing this censored in a way that's I think easier on the, on the ears. So we call it our life force. And the problem that I'm learning about is that a lot of young people, as they grow up, society makes it seem as though you need to have multiple partners. Society makes it seem like you need to, you know, be very um, sexually uh, um, empowered somehow, right? And so you're constantly dispersing your life force, And that life force actually has minerals and vitamins for you. And that life force is part of your creativity because you are part of creation. You can create life with that life force. So I think when it comes to relationships, um, there needs to be a somewhat of a conversation around what healthy intimacy is. Because for men, check this out, this is the science behind it. For men, every time we, we release our life force, it takes so much energy for us to rejuvenate that life force. But women, they only create eggs once a month. So their life energy, their life force energy can actually be recreated multiple times in a, in a, in a month. So there's an, there's an out of balance and um, off synchronicity when it comes to intimacy in that form, right? Where women can multiple times and men maybe one time and it's like, we need a break. We need to catch our breath. We need to rejuvenate. So what what really needs to take place, in my opinion, this is to build healthy relationships, is men need to harness that life energy, that life force. And women need to realize that if a man doesn't release their life force, that that's okay. Because Mm -hmm. that life energy, that life force energy actually inspires desire. It -hmm. inspires attraction. It, is, it inspires that I want to I keep um, flirting with you because I'm still energized by that life force. So that's the other thing about Relationships that I'm I'm learning about is that sometimes not all always right like everyone's on a different scale. This is very much on a spectrum here. Mm -hmm. But if there's men that are constantly releasing their life force in a relationship just because they're very close and intimate, um, sometimes the attraction dwindles just because of exhaustion, not because of a lack of desire Mm -hmm. or I don't want to be with you today. And sometimes it's like man, I'm just tired. That's not a form of rejection. It's just that the male needs to continue to rejuvenate and fill up their life force mm-hmm. so that those minerals can bring back that energy necessary to have that strong, intimate connection. So that's a whole other conversation that's new for me. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. It's very left field. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of science to back up what I'm saying. There's, there's a lot of information that's starting to come about to really talk about that. And and I've, I've practiced it personally. So I know the value of harnessing my light, my, my light force energy and how I'm constantly wanting to make my partner happy. Like it's it's an inspiration. It's uh, mm-hmm. like, a, I really feel a sense of fulfillment to want to be next to my partner, hold her hand or cuddle her when she needs cuddling. Like if I'm tired, those things are harder to do. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So this is like, yeah, this is such a fascinating, you know, discovery or conversation about the true effects of that life force energy, because it's meant to create, mm-hmm. supposed to channel that creation life force into the things that are important in your life, mm-hmm. career, right. art, music, fashion, whatever you want to do, we have to channel those energies. So I'll leave it right. again. That.
1: i like that no like honoring the act of intimacy is really is yeah. really good but i also like it also brings to um i think something that a lot of people don't do is communicating about being physically intimate and i yeah. think people have to start even like normalize what you're saying about like honoring that act but also like talking about what their expectations are, what their limitations are, what they're comfortable with and uncomfortable with. I think people get into relationships and they don't necessarily talk about it or open up about it. But um one one lesson my mom taught me or said to me when I started dating was, and I'm just gonna be a little vulgar about it. Because <laughs> this is how she told me. She said if you're going to put his dick in your mouth, you have to talk about your expectations. <laughs> yeah. Real
2: talk, though.
1: Real talk. But it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: very true, though. Those expectations, like, what do, like, where are you trying to go with this? You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's the the real main thing here is about honoring each other, right? Honoring each other's right. Bodies honoring each other's life cycles because women have a life cycle every month. Men also have a life cycle too. So we got to be able to be in touch with those things to have a healthy relationship. We're talking about healthy relationship. Um, I think elements or aspects, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a very, like I never thought of it that way. And I think it's very good for like any male listeners to feel empowered in that sense, you know, like there was always that female empowerment that, mm-hmm. you know, that we create something and like
1: mm-hmm. just how we
0: get our moon time each month. And that the whole process throughout that whole month of preparing for a potential life wow. is, is huge. And I never thought of it the way that you explained it. So like, thank you for sharing that perspective. Cause I, I've never thought of it that way before
2: i want to add one thing to it i'm very i'm very uh I'm very pro-female. I'm very, uh, you know, rematriation because I've been, I, had, I have three grandmothers. You know, we didn't really talk much about that, but I was raised with three grandmothers. My one grandmother, Laura Big Eagle, reestablished Ocean Man in 1990. So when we talk about Land Back, my grandmother did that. And so I take pride in that. And so one of the things I, I, wanna, I want our male listeners to really take in is that when you break down the genetic makeup of human beings, Women have two X chromosomes, two X. Men have one Y and one X. So we need to honor our sacred feminine that men have within ourselves. So just mm-hmm. because you're genetically made up, um, you know, I'm really starting to question gender these days too. But you know, you you gender yourself as a male, but you also carry that sacred feminine within you. Mm-hmm. Women do not. They have two X chromosomes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's so fascinating about you know this information about the necessity and the importance of honoring and respecting our women. Like it, mm-hmm. it Needed, and men need to really understand the value and the importance of that you carry that female energy within your genetic makeup so you denying your, the femininity or denying women or disrespecting women you're disrespecting yourself mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, for so, sure and even thinking about you know? gender roles too they're all colonial
0: mm. so
1: we have to when we re when we have this whole revolution that's coming, I think we need to remember that as well. And that'll help up. Cause you know how there's like all these women supports and stuff out there, but also like men, you're, you're needed and you're here too. I don't Okay, Wait, I lost my train of thought there, but all good. I agree with you. Good yeah, job.
2: <laughs> <yeah. No doubt. laughs> honor the sacred feminine that is within you as, as a man. And uh, when you honor, like if you, if you were to, if you're a, a misogynist, you're disrespecting yourself. That's really mm-hmm. what I'm emphasizing, right? So mm-hmm. I just think that that's really important when we talk about the rise of the sacred feminine. Shout out to Andrew Menard. Um, when we talk about um, rematriation, you know, seeing all of our, our women out there on the front line uh, doing what they do to protect our communities and protect our environment. I mean, it's it's prominent. It's the evidence is there. You know? Yeah.
0: Um, So I'm going to move on. I think we've talked a lot of about important topics here, but another important one um, you've talked openly about the struggling and the hard times and how we care to our mental health. So how do you care for your mental health, especially during like this pandemic going on right now? Like how, like, what are you doing?
2: Definitely holistic for sure. Like it's not, I, I can't, have a, a balanced, healthy mindset or live in a healthy way, if not all four of those things are are in in check. Um, so one of the teachings, that's one of the things my mom really taught me as a young man is, is those four things that make us human being. And what I like to emphasize is that you are not separate from those. Those are mind, our emotions, our physical, our spiritual, they're not separate. We are all those things all at the same time. We just have to keep those things in check. So mm-hmm. for me, the most prominent difference that has helped me with my health and my mental health during these COVID times, these quarantine times, has actually been diet. So I've really gone away from um, heavy meat diets, and I now mm-hmm. consider myself a plant-based diet eater.
1: Mm-hmm. And Beautiful. the
2: discoveries on that has been that meat is only supposed to be taken in doses. If you go back to historical traditional times, we had to hunt and gather for our meat. We had to preserve that meat. So we weren't eating it on abundance the way that it's easily accessible that it is today. So we have to keep ourselves in check. Yes, we ate meat, but not all the time. If you look at the genetic makeup of your teeth, your teeth are meant to eat grains. They're not meant to tear flesh. Mm -hmm. So for me to like be woke to these things, Eating plants has changed my entire life because being plant-based is a, a lifestyle change. You have to shop in different um, areas mm-hmm. in the grocery store. If you want organic, you have to look a little bit harder. And so you have to start changing the type of foods that you're, you're cooking or you're making at home. Um, so that has been one massive change in my life is going from, you know, heavy meat eating diet to a plant-based diet changed my life. And I'll give you in closing, I'll give you how significant the change has been. I started this plant-based diet probably, um, this is, this is, I think year two for me actually. And I'm not hundred percent. Like I have cheat days. Don't get it twisted. I got my cheat days and my mother, I go to my mother's place every Sunday. Um, and so they have meat in their diet. Um, so I don't deny that. I don't reject that. So I started this about a year ago. And I was literally working for Manitoba Muckluck. So I was traveling with their um, kiosk that they would would sell their their product. And so I was plant-based. And at that time, um, one of the things I really try to do in my life is read one book a month. So during my time at Manitoba Mucklucks, on the quiet days, I would read a book. Um, You know, I'd be traveling from different places uh, within the Ontario region. um, So there's not much to do, really. So I would actually read a lot of books. And so since going plant-based, in my early days, like high school, university even, I haven't finished, but even in my university days, it was a struggle to read. It was a struggle. Since being a plant-based diet eater, I was reading the reconciliation manifesto, read that in two weeks, picked up another book, read that in two weeks. I was like, whoa, hold on a second. I just read two books in one month. That literally blew my mind. I was like, I've never been able to do that. And what it comes down to is that my vibration balance and my chemistry balance is more alkaline, which is allowing me to focus. I can hyper focus on tasks since being a plant-based diet eater. And when you consume too much meat, you're eating, you're eating like energy that's, that's not living. So it changes your chemistry when you're eating plants and fruits. Those are living, um, like those are living organisms. You know what I'm saying? So you rejuvenate, you, you heal. So that's been the other life-changing thing that's come to my mental health. I've been working out every day, you know, whether it's 50 push-ups, sit-ups, just a little bit. Um, I try to go to the gym as much as I can. I try to get outside as much as I can. Those things have been life-changing for me to help me out of, I was going through a minor depression and uh, you know, plant-based and working out really helped get me out of that depression. And now I feel a sense of recovery. So that would be that.
1: Thank you for sharing that with us. I think I'm going to do, be more plant-based. Um, I always say this, all of my listeners are always like, Kui, hey, you say this every month, but <laughs> now I have more of a purpose. What's your favorite plant-based meal you
0: could give us? I
2: would say um, lentils, actually.
0: Oh, like lentils.
1: lentils. And,
2: and the cool thing with it is I just like kind of broil them. So I'll put them in a <laughs> pot, I'll put a little bit of water and I'll broil them. But the best thing about it I can throw kale in there, which is an alkaline food source. I can throw tomatoes. I can throw peppers. I can throw jalapenos, onions, whatever I want. And then I'll have like wild rice as my side dish. So my lentils has been a go-to. It's high in protein. There's the biggest taboo saying, well, if you're plant-based, where do you get your protein? Do you know how much protein is in plants, Mm -hmm. lentils, quinoa, man, I have a plant-based protein shake. Like, I get my protein. You know what yeah. I'm saying?
0: Right. It uh, totally reminded me of that one movie. I had to look it up. Um, Lucy, the one with Scarlett Johansson where she's like... That movie crazy. <laughs> and like you, you like, like your mind's full potential.
2: <laughs> yeah. Facts. Facts.
1: Justin, aka Lucy. <laughs> Justin, aka <okay>. Lucy.
2: <laughs> One movie I do, it's like a documentary that I'll leave you with, is um, The Game Changers. If you haven't seen that, check it out because they scientifically prove the difference between plant-based diets and meat-based diets with high-performance athletes. So if you don't mm-hmm. check out that documentary and it'll give you the science.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say that too. I've seen a lot of comparisons between vegan bodybuilders and like um, meat eating bodybuilders. And like the vegan bodybuilders are just as ripped but more shredded. Sad.
2: So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Plant based.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: People don't really know that. I mean, so the strongest human in the world is also a plant based diet eater.
1: Yeah.
0: I saw this one um, picture where it was like, um, it was saying like, Oh, it's too expensive to be plant-based. And then it was showing like all these like alternatives, you know, like beyond meat or, but it, then it was showing like things that are cheaper and it's like real food, like yeah. lettuce or lentils. Like it's not expensive. Like it gets expensive if you're buying like, like fake cheese or, you know, like all those type of, like I live, on my street, there's this co-op and I try to cut my dairy out and I try, I I still like meat, but I try not to have it too often. So there's all these like different alternatives there. And it like, I buy like three things and it could be like $30. And I'm like, I can't do my full grocery shopping here, but it's because I'm buying like, I think I got like 15 queso and that was like 13 bucks or like, things, I don't know, things like that. But I'm like, if you just really stick to your, your veggies and you keep things simple because the mm-hmm. thing with like the beyond meat, I'm like for it, but I'm also like, what, what's in it? Like, yeah, it's you know, all these like fillers and things like that. So if you just try to eat more simple and real foods, it's really not, it's just adjusting to it, but it's, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be expensive. Absolutely. Really? Hmm.
1: And stop being freaky with all these fake plant based burgers. Just eat your damn salad and enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah these <that laughs> freaky burgers. Freaky burgers.
2: Yo, it took time for me to transition to be plant based. Like, right. Like it took about two, three weeks for your palate to change, like, for real. So, yeah. after three weeks, my palate changed. Like, I craved my plants and vegetables, and I didn't have a craving for meat.
0: Did you feel like you were kind of going through like withdrawals, like oh yeah. separating from that?
2: There definitely is is cravings, I would call it, right? Like you're like, oh, those chicken wings would be so lit right now. Or you're like, yo, a pizza would be blessed right now, right? Yeah. Um, but you just have to be disciplined. And again, it's about, I think both of you ladies said it, it's about honoring yourself, honoring your mm-hmm. human being, right? Honoring mm-hmm. this physical form and knowing that you want it to last.
1: Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we, could, we
2: could eat like shit right now if we wanted to, but we're mm-hmm. not going to last for the long run. And yeah. when you get to that, that end of the game, like, it's not easy. It's hard. Like you're sore, you know you yeah. I mean? That arthritis, whatever the case is. So if you want to last and be healthy yeah. Go run around and do those okay. things. You got to take care of your physical body for sure. Yeah.
0: but it's okay Thank to you. have McDonald's every once.
1: So. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs>
0: well, honestly, we got to be careful because we
2: have to also be careful about how we vote with our dollar when we yeah. go. To- oh, yes, yeah.
1: I agree so uh, much. You gotta be careful. I, I hate yeah. Chick Fil A because they. I think, they're, I think they've stopped doing it, but I don't know where their new fiscal year starts, but they have, have a historical... So everyone... I've gone to Chick-fil-A a couple of times because I think they're in a new fiscal, but in their previous money, they're, they would give some of their revenue to camps that still supported and tried to convert gay and lesbian people to not be themselves. And I'm like, I am not putting my money to that by yeah. buying this. Oh yeah. my God. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So just be careful. Like mcdonald's is definitely has childhood sentimental value there you know what i'm saying We're yeah. brought up in it but we have to also look far enough at the corporation itself and mm-hmm. what you do not see is the yeah. most concerning part about
0: it yeah that's so true i know it's it's hard to be in Quay like it's hard to be a woman sometimes like i was super strict with my like lifestyle change of like oatmeal every morning smoothies like salmon for and quinoa for dinner and i was like so good and then as soon as like our moon time comes like mine's like the week before i'm like i'm out of control like i need i i need anything and like it needs to be like unhealthy but i gotta train and fix that so
2: (laughs) i can comment it's really about habits right yeah so habits sit in your subconscious brain
1: mm-hmm.
2: and to change your habits. You have to be able to reward your new behavior.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's just a matter of finding replacement. So if you have a craving for, let's say chicken nuggets, yeah. find something that's in comparison that you can snack on that at yeah. least rewards you for, Oh, I really want that. So I'm going to do this. And then eventually you're going to want that other thing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. true. So
2: it's, it's hard to start. But once you get there, it's yeah. hard to want to go back because you're like, "Damn, I'm feeling good. I feel mm-hmm. like my body's looking good. I can hyper focus on things. Why would I want to go back? You know?" What yeah, I mean? mm-hmm. it's worth the. Jam. I think
1: sometimes too, when you get to a point, because I've been here, where you get to a point where you don't have fast food long enough, and then you have the burger, you like feel sick to your stomach, where you're going to throw up. And yeah. when you get to that point, you're like, "I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm going to have to throw up, so I'm not going to order this Big Mac."
2: Happened to me with milk. I can't oh dairy milk ever. I can't. It's the, It's so disgusting.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: and if you were under, like, I'm going to do this on purpose, because I want people to steer away from dairy. It's like, there's yeah, pus me in too. your milk. There's pus in your milk from how they, they milk those cows.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. Totally. They bleach milk, right? Right.
2: So it's like, I'm, I'm into oat milk. You know what I mean? Oh,
0: I'm, I love oat milk.
2: No. So I can't, I've tasted when I was in that transition, I had dairy milk one time in my cereal. Like I was just what Quay was explaining. Like I literally was like disgusting. Like I can't even enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty much like a hundred percent off milk. Like I, I drink the oat milk. What's hard for me is giving up cheese. Like not that I have it with everything, but I'm like, Oh, cheese and crackers. Yeah. Sounds good. Like I'll have that or like
1: pizza, like, cheese pizza cheese and crackers because like when we're normally in the workplace there's always a cheese and cracker platter out right. like <laughs> <all> this- <laughs> okay we're gonna we're gonna slowly wrap this up and we know that everyone can follow tribe music um So they they should be following it by now and listening to us there a week early. But if they don't, what are the handles? And then how can all of our aunties and our nieces get a hold of you?
2: (laughs) Um, So the handles are at Tribe Music. And Tribe is spelt with a one instead of an I. And that's just honoring my dad's uh, history. So one love you know, that Jamaican side of the culture, but it also kind of interconnects with um, all my relations, right? One love, one planet. Uh, one human race so tribe music is the handle um, tribe music.com you can find me on all social media platforms at uh, JACODA music so my full name is justin alexander wholeness that's where the jack comes from and in jamaica jerasta farai is a big part of the culture and then i was hanging out with a homie back in the day uh, his name's Brock Lewis. Uh, we used to perform together in the, in the community out here. And I was like, I used to just call myself Jack. And I always felt like it's so short. Like, I feel like it needs something else. And one day he was like, what about Jack Hoda? Because I'm also part Nakoda, N-A-K-O-T-A. So Jack Hoda is like honoring both sides of my, my family, my mom and my father. So Jack Hoda music on all social media platforms. You can slide in my DMs on any platform you want.
1: wonderful so thank you for being with us um happy black history month to all of our listeners and we'll catch you next week see
2: ya
1: so your podcast is know that life can be tough and we want to end our episode with promoting the hope for wellness talk line the hope for wellness Um, helpline offers immediate help to all indigenous people across canada it is available 24 hours a day seven days a week to offer counseling and crisis intervention life can be tough and we've all been there so call the toll-free helpline at 1-855-242-3310 or connect online to their chat at hopeforwellness.ca and remember that your podcast entities love you